I'm not sure if I mentioned it before, but when my friend Clay Mason Bannerman and I want to impress our new lady friends, Tiffer and Mickey, we don't even have to take them to a restaurant. That's because we have an entire freezer stocked full of butcher box, and that includes high-quality meat and seafood that we can trust. It's so convenient. It's delivered right to our doorstep, and there's always free shipping. I mean, where else can you get free protein for a whole year? Tiffer and Mickey love it, and so will you. At least one of them is always around asking when the new ButcherBox is arriving. Sign up at ButcherBox.com slash mega and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free-for-a-year offer plus an additional 20 bucks off. Choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at ButcherBox.com slash mega and use code mega to choose your free-for-a-year offer plus 20 bucks off your first order. Thanks, ButcherBox. When you listen to Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, the comedy podcast, you get a belly full of laughs and a head full of real information. Our gallimaufry of expert guests answer questions on stuff adults need to know. I have mold in my dwelling. What do I do? What's gerrymandering? What happens chemically when I fall in love? How do I handle a parent-teacher conference? What are microbes? Listen to Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. Solve problems, get laughs. Mega is an improvised satire from the staff of a fictional megachurch. We are here. The Lord, we are here. And we're ready. Ready. To Hi, this is Gray Haas, and you're listening to Mega, coming to you from Twin Hills Community Church, where every week we give our mega church a tiny family feel by introducing you to members of our church staff and community. It is awesome. You know, usually I'm joined by my co-host, Hallie, but she's on a cruise this week with her husband, Lance Labonte, so I'm holding it down while she's away. Well, just like Thomas had his doubts and had to stick his finger in a bloody wound to be snapped back to his senses, my next guest expresses his doubts from time to time and can be a bit annoying like a bloody wound. He's a teenage member of Twin Hills. He attends my Climax Youth Ministry, and he is the high school age son of my co-host, Hallie Labonte. It's her infamous son, Day. Hey, Day, how you doing? Hey, Gray, thanks so much for having me on. Well, it's really great to have you on, Day, and you know, uh, I'm not sure, do you listen to the podcast? Oh, my mom doesn't make me, so I usually, I have other interests and stuff. Okay, well, we do talk about you a lot, and we do kind of discuss some of the things that you've been thinking about, but we also just want to know, you know, what you're up to and what you're into, and especially I want to know, just how are you doing in general, because I'm really... I'm really wanting to be a positive force in your life. You know, you are one of my Climax teens, but uh, you're also someone that I care a lot about. And oh. I just want to know that, you know, you're doing all right, that you're leading a Christ-centered life, that you're really on fire for Christ, and that, you know what, we can be accountability buddies together, and I can just kind of check in on you. So let's uh, let's get into it, shall we? Uh, yeah, thank you for saying those really nice things. That makes me feel really good. And um, thanks for caring about me and uh, being friends with my mom. Uh, what do you talk about me about? Well, a lot of times, you know, day, uh, people uh, come up with ideas that can be, you know, a little bit challenging. And you, you're one of those people that I think you're a thinker. Uh, we, we love that you're a big thinker. You, you like to read. Okay. And uh, But, you know, sometimes those things aren't really positive and they're not in line with what God and Jesus and Christ specifically would really want you to be thinking about. So today I just wanted to first start out 
uh, well, first I want to know, how's your personal life? You know, you like girls, you going after the ladies and uh, how's everything at school and all that stuff? Um, yeah, I like girls, but, um, you know, it's like hard to talk to them sometimes because I get really self-conscious and sometimes I feel shy. But yeah, I mean, I, I hope I have a girlfriend someday. Oh, you totally will, buddy. You totally will. Oh, and it's going to be, I'm telling you, it's going to be awesome when yeah. you do. Yeah. And it's going to be even more awesome when you finally get to get married because then you get to do all the fun stuff that, you know, God promises us. Ew, so what? And, and Gross. Well, you know, it's gross to you right now, but yeah. it won't be then. You know? No, it's gross to have a grown up from my church refer to or imagine my future sexuality. It's weird. But also what I want to say to, say to you, Day, is, uh, you know, you're shy. That's true. But if you just go ahead and get yourself some confidence, if you really pray for confidence, that can help you a ton when you go to talk to ladies. And because I notice, you know, at youth group, you're kind of one of those kids that kind of sticks to the sidelines with those other two kind of, you know, depressed guys that you're always around those are my best friends uh, yeah so yeah. The, you know you guys could kind of join in and have some fun because we're really doing some fun stuff don't you think yeah i think that climax is um you know like i, uh, I prefer it rather than going to big church because um i can make friends and stuff and there are a lot of cool girls um in climax i i think that um girls are like i don't know uh, I think sometimes it's hard to talk to girls because I think they're like, I don't know, they're like a little bit more sophisticated than guys. And like, they're just like, they have like interests and they're like, they're like, they, they're, they're more, they're just like really more complex. And um, <laughs> I just hilarious day. I know people say like the fairer sex or whatever guys are supposed to be like the stronger sex. I don't think that's true. I think girls are like incredible, like way stronger, way, way capable of so much more than guys. Okay. Well, that's not really true. They are definitely interesting uh, and they're definitely, you know, they, they do have some great qualities today, but you know, uh, the Bible teaches us that really guys are the head of the household. They're the first ones that God made. And, um, you know, so you know, you, you'll you'll come to learn and understand that as you get older. But right now, that is great that at least you're interested in getting a bit more confidence and getting out there and, and meeting some ladies. Where does it say that in the Bible? Um, Day, it's pretty much the story of the Bible because you don't really see a lot of ladies in the Bible, do you? Uh, no, uh, mostly because I think the Bible was written by men and there were a lot of councils that were all made up of a lot of straight white guys and they uh, assembled the Bible based on their view of the world. And um, I know that the Bible does say in mostly Corinthians, Ephesians, and First Timothy, a lot of different uh, things about women sub being submissive and men being the head of the household, but that totally. was a tribal group of people that operated in a different way that I'm not exactly sure how that uh, relates because it also is uh, parallel with other scriptures that say women have to keep their heads covered and um, a lot of things that we also completely disregard. But why would we hold on to one thing and not the other when they are in tandem in the same books of the Bible? Okay, well, Day, here's the thing, just to, you know, because I'm not going to let you come in here and just kind of, you know, be like a bull in a china shop with all this mumbledy mook. Okay, so the first thing I'm going to say is the Bible wasn't just written by guys, okay? The Bible was written by God through guys, and that's totally different. 
Okay. So, and then when you talk about all those councils and stuff, I want you to think, um, you know, we've got councils here at church. Yeah. And every before every single committee meeting, you know, this week, I was at a committee meeting for Climax, talking about what our programming was for this year. Yeah. And we pray before those meetings. And we know that God is leading us in those committee meetings to choose the right things for Climax. So, for example, uh, if you go on the mission trip to Puerto Rico this this summer, you know, God led us to choose that mission trip over, say, the mission trip to go to Cancun. So what I'm saying to you today is you might say, well, guys, guys wrote the Bible, but really God is moving those men to write the Bible. It looks like somebody named oh, Clay Mason Bitterman is calling your phone. Oh, no, he's not. Anyway, okay. So day. You can take it. It's okay. No, it's nothing. It's a spam call. Okay. So day, um, what is, what's up, buddy? What kind of stuff are you into in terms of your hobbies? I really like music a lot. I really like awesome. a lot of different music and um, I skateboard. That's cool. Well, you know, I like music too. So that's fun. Oh, that's cool. Um, I think a lot of the music you're into is kind of uh, tame. Oh, no. I think it's pretty awesome. I mean, what kind of music do you like? I'm really getting into a lot of old bootlegs and hardcore bands from the 90s on YouTube. Like What? That stuff. Like Unbroken, Undertale, Iceburn, uh, no. Struggle, Threadbare. Who? Like Overkill or like the Penetrators, uh, White Boy, The Look, Minor Threat, no. um, SOA, Chalk Circle, The Void, no. huh? uh, The Faith or Youth Brigade, oh, Government faith. Issue, uh, The Untouchables, Scream, Look, uh, you know, Overkill. Day, I think, well, I like the sound of The Faith and I guess maybe The Youth Brigade, but other, otherwise that all sounds a bit, I don't know. Sounds a bit, sounds a bit bad. Anyway, so day, that's awesome. I love that you skateboard. I love that you you're getting into music, and um, I you know I just remember to make sure that when you're feeling, you know, your body is like a temple, and your mind is like, uh, your mind is also like a temple. Okay. So you just when you fill your mind with with ideas, you want to make sure that those are positive, awesome ideas, and not you know not stuff that's going to make you feel sad, uh, not stuff that's going to make you. You, you always be walking around being like, well, who am I? What am I? What am I doing? You know, why is all this stuff all bad all the time? I just think you've really got to celebrate, you know, this awesome life you've been given. And you got to really be thinking about this awesome, awesome God and this awesome life that you're going to be going to next. Okay. But I think if there is also room besides just everything being about positivity that uh, you also can, uh, you know, leave room for some of the more unpleasant emotions that are just part of life. And that also kind of help us, uh, you know, identify our values and like know what really matters to us and how to be a good friend. And sometimes things aren't like rosy and positive. Sometimes people are in pain, ourselves included, and it's okay. And that's totally normal. I think sometimes like the church is a little too about the positivity and not making room for the fact that, you know, there's a lot of suffering in life and that, you know, that's just part of it. You know what I mean? And I also wanted to just say in terms of when you said like the, the Bible, that God only used guys to write the Bible and that everything was like penned with that perspective or whatever. I just wanted um, to ask you like, what if you, as a white guy, you had to go stand in front of a judge and um, she what? was going to decide your fate and she, she was like, a, what if there was a judge and um, she was deciding your fate and she was a female she? female identifying um, uh, African-American. and uh, Identifying? I don't even know what you're saying. And, and she was like, uh, you know... It, it, 
like kind of trying to um, make you fit into like her system of like what she valued and like uh, what she wanted to enforce on you. How would that feel? Like, you, you know what I'm saying? No. Okay. Look, I think we've already put to rest the, I, I, I pretty much think we've put to rest the idea of who wrote the Bible. Okay. I've already told you that. And that's closed. Case okay. closed. Okay. And I don't know who this this lady judge is that you're talking about, uh, who's saying who, who's identifying someone. I don't even know what he's saying. But what what I I'm going back to. But it is, is why we need more BIPOC and um, more like genders as judges than just white guys. What are you talking BIPOC? You mean the rapper that got killed? Oh uh, no, anybody who's not white. It's black, indigenous, and people of color. Okay. Okay. It, all right. Okay. Day. So let's go back to this idea of po being positive. Yeah. And you're not wrong. Uh, you know, there are, there's a ton of pain. There's a lot of suffering in the world, and it is so, so sad. Yeah. But what I'm telling you today is that actually Jesus Christ, okay. he died to take that pain away. Because even though we were created in the image of God, you know, we sinned. And sin really messed everything up, and that is why we had Jesus die on the cross to take that sin away. So when I tell you, you know, yeah, there is sad stuff in the world. But you gotta remain you gotta remain happy and positive because Christ died for you and me, Day, because we believe that He is the Son of God and He, you know, He He took that sin away. That that day, that's grace. Well, speaking of the idea of sin, uh like Okay, it's if, not an idea. If you're bent day, it's is, a thing. If okay. you really you would I think you would personally really be into Buddhism because it's doesn't say you're bad it says that you're good uh, i think that no. would really resonate with you if you like to keep things positive because uh, if you think about the idea of sin like where do you get that the in the bible it says that like the human condition is sin we're born with this like dip sin disease and then basically yeah. yeah yeah well i mean what if we're not what if we're really good like all humans are capable of like beauty and cruelty and um maybe no, we don't have Sorry. to explain that yeah. that that capability that that duality maybe we don't have maybe it's not dualistic maybe it's not maybe that maybe humans are fundamentally good well they are good day but they're only good with jesus do you know what i mean because i mean i like to use the metaphor have you ever baked a cake yeah sure okay imagine that you know Humans are like all the ingredients in a cake. You got eggs, you got flour, you got water, you got, I don't know, I've never baked a cake, but cinnamon or something, you know. We mix it all up, but then you bake it and you don't have sugar and you pull it out and you taste it and it tastes like crud. And that's because Jesus is the sugar that makes the cake good. Do you know what I mean? So. Uh, I. I can tell that means something to you, but it makes no sense. Much like the Bible, um, it, it makes that perfect idea sense. of sin uh, keeps us thinking in like dualistic terms, and it's that dualism that keeps people in pain. Like for instance, the Atlanta shooting. Like that guy was really messed up from the idea of sin, and he had hatred for himself because of this idea that he was so sinful and also racism. He was a terrible racist, and that's part of the painful dualistic thinking, like us and them, otherness. Like thinking that people of color are somehow different when that's not true. We are all connected. We're all made of the same stardust. Okay, now you're not making any sense. Well, let's talk about the idea of sin just for one second. Okay, like, fine. Have fine. you ever heard of um, Munchausen syndrome by proxy? Yeah, isn't that where somebody who's like obsessed with eating chips makes somebody else eat them for them? Uh, 
It's when a caregiver makes up an illness or causes an illness or injury to a person they're caring for. Like maybe it's a child or an elderly person or a person who is otherly abled. Like um, it's considered abuse. Like so thinking of that, does that remind you of anything, Gray? No. Like God saying, hey, kids, you all have a deadly disease. It's called sin and it's detestable to me. And if you don't beat this disease, I can't let you into my perfect paradise kingdom. And instead of just keeping you out of heaven, I'm actually going to send you to a very bad place for all eternity where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. It's like the entire American Christian culture is one big abused child. Okay, day. Or Stockholm Syndrome. Do you know what Stockholm Syndrome is? It's a psychological response that happens when hostages or abuse victims bond with their captors or abusers. Like, does that sound like anyone you know? Like, do you get into praise and worship at all? Or like kneel by the side of your bed and pray and beg for your captor to make your life better? Hey, I am not held captive, okay? I love God. I love Jesus. I love Jesus and I love Christ specifically. And there is nothing that you can say that is going to make me question that perfect love that Jesus has for me. It's really interesting to me that you separate Jesus and Christ because I think it was the same guy. But hey, I'll talk about something positive. Um, I'm um, I'm an environmental activist, and I get really into that. Well, that's great, day because you know we all have dominion over the earth. That is something that God gave men specifically, which is awesome. And, uh, you know, so you should take care of the environment. Yeah, you're um, referencing Genesis 2 specifically. You're not referencing Genesis 1. And um, Genesis 2 does say that the single reason that God created humans um, is to care for the earth. So I would think that Christians would be like the most vehement environmentalist possible. And it really doesn't make any sense that it's like been politicized and like they think it's some lefty like BS because it's it should be a christian issue if you ask me okay date i'm gonna just jump in here for a second okay i, I really want you i want you to calm down okay first okay I'm calm down okay now day we could go on and on about all these semantic ideas that you come up with you know maybe you and your little friends when you skateboard or when you're doing your stuff listening to your bands but what i want to know is do you have a personal relationship with Jesus because he wants a personal relationship with you day um I'm not exactly sure what that means speaking of semantics because my understanding of a relationship is like that it's someone who you care about and it goes back and forth right this is just an this is just a one-sided almost fantasy about an invisible friend no, he's not an invisible friend, eh? He is Jesus. Um, it's not like it's not like somebody I made up. This is a guy. I think what's a- weird about the semantics here is that the person of Jesus would have no idea what you're talking about. The language and ideas you're referencing exist nowhere in the Bible. Having a personal relationship with Christ is an idea that emerged and took hold in the Jesus movement of the 1970s. It makes absolutely no sense. Talking about a personal relationship with Jesus as if it's something supported by the scripture is ridiculous. I mean, please scour the Bible and show me anything even close to what you are trying to push on me right now. This is a kind of died for you day Do yeah but i didn't realize that he died for is you. it really death when just gonna rise three days later 
uh, I would say, yeah, if you were dead for three days, I think you'd be pretty freaked out, wouldn't you? Uh, I, I don't know. I think maybe death might be a great adventure. What are you talking about, Day? And I don't want you to think I'm suicidal or anything. I don't want you to get, like, I don't want you to, like, get me locked up or anything. But I just think, like, I, oh, I I um, I thought it was cool when um you played that clip of the little Nas video uh, this past Sunday in Climax. Oh, I played that because it was garbage. And that is absolute garbage. Can I just give you a, like an idea or a suggestion? Um, I'm a little bit tentative because some of the stuff you're saying is so damaging, but okay. I just, I think Christians get so goofy about stuff like Lil Nas and like, so he, he banged the devil or, or it was a whole like a fictional, like a storytelling device or Cardi B writing WAP. Like, honestly, as Christians, you should just laugh at it. What are you talking about, Day? Did you see that video? It's the most disturbing thing. And they put blood in a shoe, Day. They, they put human blood in a shoe. And if there is something that tells me that the devil and Satan is not just working constantly to undermine the work of Jesus, then you, you'd look no further than blood in a shoe and this, and this okay, Monero, gonna, you know, Monsanto you video. calm down. Okay, I'm totally calm because I'm completely confident. See, when you in what get I'm all wild up, like you just give him more power. For who, Day? Who you, am I giving more power? Uh, like those songs, like like WAP or like Lil Nas. Like you just give him more power. You're outraged. You're like you're threatened by it. Like what's the threat? Do you oh, think Day. there is an actual <laughs> eternal stripper pole that descends to hell where your children could go and have sex with the devil? It's like Christians <laughs> no, become Day. like sheep. It's like that's why it's so easy. Like around the time of Reagan, for a bunch of old white straight rich politicians to strategically turn abortion into a political issue to commandeer all the Christians to coalesce into a group they could control and secure their votes what? over a single issue rather than govern, you know, like for the people, by the people. Like faith-based people are so easy to convince of anything. Like all those crusty old white politicians were like, wait, the majority of the country believes in invisible monsters, talking snakes, death trees, and blood sacrifice. Oh, we can work with this. Like they'll believe anything. And the whole faith-based thing is that they like group think instead of critical thing. Perfect. Uh, being a sheep is a good thing. That's in the Bible. You can have your beliefs, I think, but it's kind of sadistic to say that everyone has to behave according to your beliefs. Like, anti-abortion activity causes so much harm and suffering to vulnerable people. That's called a murder a day. You could call them that, or you could call them the least of these. Mm, they're definitely less than the people that aren't murdering babies, I'll tell you that. Look, Day, when I talk about this awesome thing called Christ's love for you, that is universal, okay? That's a universal truth. That is alpha, that is omega, that is the whole kit and caboodle. So when you say these beliefs, you can only apply them to some people or whatever, and it shouldn't be for everyone, yes, it should be for everyone. Okay, imagine if a person like you enjoys like what do you like a steak or eating like a grilled chicken love steak. okay i love grilled chicken yeah imagine what it would feel like if vegans said hey you know what we believe meat and eating the flesh of animals and their products causes great suffering not only to animals but to humans and also to the climate and to the environment of this planet and therefore we say that no one can ever consume an animal product ever again no more barbecue no more baby back ribs no more in and out burger no grilled cheese no milk on your captain crunch none of that for the rest of your life because we believe it is harm harmful like what would you feel in that situation? Well, I basically get that every friggin' Sunday day because you and all your little buddies are over there going, is this vegan? Is this vegan? And I'm going, no, 
It's not vegan. But imagine if that became legislated. Imagine if people were voting on that, Gray, and you kept losing that vote and you were losing your right to. And But even then, it would be you were just switching to almond milk. That's not a decision that's going to make you lose anything or irreversibly alter the course of your life. Like what society does when they treat human females as vessels. And then women are expected to sit quietly as men debate whether or not the state should be allowed to forcibly use their bodies as incubators. Like, Cray, what is the government legislate? What if it legislated away your ability to work? out what if they said the big well, muscles what if they said that big muscles could be used to hold a woman down and make women feel the constant threat of being overpowered what if the government gave an all men curfew because so many men are dangerous predators and so you all have to comply and your bodies are not yours to move around freely with and that became a law well day that stuff will probably happen if you know people like you are in charge because what what i'm saying is all these radical ideas and that's what they are they're radical okay they look you're young okay you're gonna grow up you're gonna change you're gonna start paying taxes and then all these ideas that you've got they're gonna seem a bit silly okay i remember when i was your age i also had big radical ideas because i didn't yet know christ because christ if there was one thing that christ was he is the ultimate radical day He's so radical. And his death was the ultimate uh, sacrifice, right? Totally. Do you ever think about why blood sacrifice, redemption, like what that says about the nature of God? You're actually giving me Not a migraine a and I've never had a migraine. But we just went through Easter. Easter's a celebration of denying death. Like, don't you think that might actually hurt people who actually have to reckon with death, like the death of a child or a father or a friend? No, Dave, it These gives them a lot of hope. These are the really painful, painful things, really difficult experiences. And when people cling to these fantasies, these stories about how Jesus overcomes death, it doesn't teach us how to love life and embrace death as part of living. Maybe the fact that we don't live forever makes life sweeter. It teaches us to oh, hug Dave, more, geez. extend kindness and relish the beautiful moments rather than cling to a myth of eternal life. How is the idea of eternal life comforting living forever well, Dave, nothing would matter in your in, in in your life you'd want to kill the babies before they even get to have a life so so do, you know do they, you they don't that need to babies that die and weren't able to claim the name of jesus go to hell this is always the question you know this is always the question i've got one every year because if, the bible says that if you do not call on the name of jesus you will not be saved so if a nine month old who can't talk or read or even really like you know understand blood redemption sacrifice and atonement dies for some heartbreaking reason do you think that baby goes to hell day if i know jesus and i think i do i know that baby is playing with Jesus right now, no matter what happens to it. And I even know, Day, that all those babies that you say aren't babies, that just get, you know, an egg beater, threshing them into a puddle of, you know, goo before they even come out, those babies are also with Jesus. Okay. So, no, Day, they don't go to hell. Okay, well, let's stay with the Lord. Let's talk about hell. What is it and why does any of it make sense? Well, Day, you know, there are a lot of different ideas of hell. But I think the one that is right is 
Hell is a place where you are ultimately sacrificed from the person who loves you most. It's a place of despair. It is a place where all the pain of the bad choices of your life and your inability to embrace the love and the truth of the Lord come and they sit with your day. And you've got to sit with that and those choices forever. And it is the loneliest, most painful place on earth. Because what could be more painful day than being separated from the love of God? So hell is on earth? Well, you know what I mean. You said it's the most painful place on earth. Well, yeah, you know what I mean. Day, Where is I'm, it? Well, it's not on earth day. I'm just saying. Where, where is it? It's not on earth. I'm just saying. It was a turn of phrase. Was it created? Like in the yes, way God absolutely. created the firmament and the earth yeah, and the Yeah, God water. created everything day. Oh, okay. Why did God create hell? Because... He had to have a place to send, you know, people who turn away, turn their back on God. Okay, so um, I'm throwing a party, and if you don't come to my party, I'm not just going to kill you. Annihilation would be uh, actually compassionate. I'm not going to annihilate you. I'm going to eternally torture you. Well, God didn't say life is a party day. Okay. I don't know why you're saying that. I'm going to invite you to uh, a dinner. It doesn't matter what he's inviting um, us to I'm going to kill you. No, I'm not going to kill you. That would be too kind. I mean, okay, I've read a lot about the hell that's referred to in the Bible. You've read a bit too much, it's I think. referred to twice in the Bible, once in the Old Testament, once in the New Testament. Do you, um, are you familiar with the verses? Because Yeah, totally. Okay, so um, you saying that uh, hell is a birthplace on earth, you actually weren't far from the truth in terms of you, the scripture. Because what the scripture tells us is that in the New Testament, when it refers to hell, it's talking about an actual place outside of Jerusalem. It's like if you say like, um, you know, like uh, like Broad Ripple instead of Indy. You know what I mean? Like Broad Ripple is like a certain specific town in Indy. And um, it's the exact same thing. Like the word that was used in the Greek for hell was an actual place where people went and burned garbage. Nah, and when well. the writer of that New Testament scripture was talking about hell, they weren't talking about some mythical cosmic place where people who didn't bow down and worship God go to like be tortured for all time. They were talking about an actual place where people burn garbage. No, they weren't. They, they're talking about an actual place, and the only thing that's going to be burning in hell are these garbage ideas that you're coming up with. Because it's not mystical, okay? It's not mythical. The only hell is mentioned in the Bible is when there is a rich man in hell talking to a poor man in heaven, and the rich man had walked by the poor man every single day and basically failed the Good Samaritan test like he didn't help him. And now here the poor man is in heaven, and the rich man is in hell, and the uh, they're having a conversation, which leads me to think— whoa, how can someone in hell be talking to someone in heaven? But it's right there in your sacred text. It, it seems to suggest, Gray, that um, it, maybe it's a conversation. Maybe it's a state of mind. Maybe it's not a place of burning garbage or a cosmic place of torture where God bans people for all eternity. But maybe it is a state of mind that, as the Old Testament description of hell suggests, you can actually choose to leave. As the poor man in heaven suggests to the rich man in hell. He says, you can leave anytime the old man, the rich man says, nah, dog. And so it seems like, oh, maybe we choose hell. Maybe we live in hell. Maybe hell is a state of thinking that we are deeply bad and deserving of punishment. Well, I definitely think hell is on earth now because I feel like I'm in it. Okay, Day. Um, you know, I just want to back up for a second because... Here's the a, here's a thing. 
you're at that, that age uh-huh. where you're just really going to, you, you know, your mom is frustrated. Okay. She's frustrated with you. And I know she's trying to love you no matter what, with all your bumps and scrapes and bruises and zits. But right now, this kind of pushing back, you're always testing the limits. You're always kind of poking and prodding. That, that A, people, people don't like to be around that. It's not, it's not fun to be around. And so before you go off on one of these little tangents where you're doing all this kind of poking and prodding, I'm just going to ask you to step back for a second and think, okay, is this positive? Do people like me when I do this? I think you'll come up with the answer is no, and maybe stop doing it. May I ask you a question? I don't know. Why was Judas a bad guy? Because he he betrayed Christ, eh? Yeah, he but... gave he gave away his best friend. Can you imagine? Okay, how about this? When you and little Tony and Mucky and Wiki are over there, what are those guys' names? Matt Babcock and Kenny Campbell. Yeah, when you're over there with those guys, you know, can you imagine if a bunch of police came and they said, Oh, like that time you had the cops come and scare us and tell us we had to call in the name of Jesus or go to jail. Yeah, exactly. But that was for a different reason. But can you imagine the cops showed up and said, we're going to kill your friend. And you go, all right, there he is, guys. Take him away. And they pay you they pay you $30 or something. That's not That's comparable why- to what happened in the Bible. In the Bible, it says that God caused Satan to overcome Judas and to possess him. So That's right. Like Judas was like a marionette and God was the puppet master possessing no, Je- this man, causing him to do this thing. And then when Judas came back from being possessed by God, like the God caused the devil to do it, like they did with Job, which we can get to in a second. Jo- Judas comes back from that and is so distraught when he sees what God did, um, like uh, with Judas's body that he no. killed himself and we demonize him without him, we'd have no redemption, right? If you think about it, Judas gave his life. <laughs> and if God's the type of deity who possesses people and commits atrocities, you got to ask yourself if that is a perfect and loving being worthy of worship and adoration. And like speaking of worship, what if there was a guy at, at somebody's house who was like, I want you all to sing about me. I mostly like people who sing about me. Everyone there would be like, oh, this guy sucks. But with God, we're into it. And I don't know, singing and raising the roof for an invisible deity who comes off as murderous and vindictive and obsessed with controlling people's behavior and then using them as pawns when he chooses. I don't know. It's just never felt right to me. Day, sometimes it's like somebody gave you a peach, a really juicy, nice peach, and is like, hey, here's a peach for you. It's perfect. Everything about it is great. And then instead of just eating it and enjoying the peach, you bite into it and you eat the little pith in the middle of it and you're crunching on it and everyone's going, no, don't eat the pith. And you're going, chomp, chomp, chomp. Oh, this is a bad peach. And what I'm saying is stop peeling the peach so far down to so that you're eating pith, you know? Yeah. Don't eat pith because it really piths me off. I, I guess in this metaphor, the peach is the Bible. And yeah, the, pe- the peach is all of it, Day. The peaches of the Bible and me jumping on it is me reading it. No, the problem is, Day, that you poo-pooed it. That we gave you this awesome thing and you're going, I'm going to eat the part that's not the part you're supposed to eat. You know what I mean? I guess so. Jeez. Can we talk about the book of Job? No. Just a little bit? No. Have you read it? No. Okay. Um, I have a, a, uh, I have a question about uh, girls. Okay, great. Um, I can definitely answer any question about ladies. 
Okay. How do I, um, like in the future, if I wanted to hug a girl or um, ask a girl if I could kiss her, um, like how do you have those talks about consent? Like what is that like? You just for do you? it. Because I, I just, I don't know, sometimes I wonder if guys get confused about the idea of consent. No, it's not that they get confused. They, you know, God made guys, God made ladies. They pretty much it always works out and they figure it out and then you've got a few bad apples that you know they're dealing they're definitely sinners and they've got a lot of sin in their heart and they've got the devil that is working and in their lives and then that gets a bit messy but for the most part everything is everything's gonna be fine day just relax you don't even need to deal with that stuff right now the devil is working in our lives yeah the devil never stops working in our lives that's why we've got to maintain you know, a steadfast commitment to the word of God and to living uh, like Christ would, because, you know, day I pray for you and I worry about you because I I feel like you're opening yourself up to all these ideas that are basically, you know, that is, that's going to cause weakness. It's like when you meditate or something, you know, that's just opening your mind up for the devil to come inside. So like, how does the devil do that? Like, how does the devil work in our lives? What, what does that look like? Uh, it's, I don't know how he does it, Day, because that's stuff that I don't, I don't even want to know. But it's he's got like, a lot of tools that he does it with. Okay, so he's like an invisible monster, literally. Can be. Uh, who is lurking around good and upright Christians Could all be. the time. Yeah. And he's using invisible tools yeah. to... Not invisible. He's using music. He's using books. He's using your, your silly sort of other religions. He's using posters. He's using TikTok. He's using all sorts of things. The invisible devil can work uh, like digital social media and stuff. Definitely. And he can like upload porno to the internet. Definitely. Wow. That's even better than ghosts turning on light switches. I just was thinking that like if we looked to God, uh, you know, as an example of like how to be... Uh, yeah, I think that also is what confuses uh, guys about the idea of consent, like because our male deity not only did not get the consent of Mary uh, to use her body for his bidding, but he didn't even have the courage to tell Mary he'd knocked her up. He just sent an angel to tell her that even though she was engaged and maybe making plans for her life. Wait, 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 Day. Okay, I've got to stop you here because you don't, you don't have to just, you know, consent isn't verbal. Like, she could have just said yes in her heart and yes in her mind because God was there, and then the whole thing happened. But, you know, she didn't say no. Well, I don't think she was really given a choice. She was just informed. and it, She was chosen, Day. That's different than being given a choice. Yeah, being chosen is way different than being given a choice. Hey, you won the lottery. That's being chosen. That's not being given a choice. I don't think all women who... Ha discover that they have an unplanned pregnancy would uh consider that winning the lottery <laughs> but if you think about like neighboring deities in the region at the time you know that uh god got mary pregnant neighboring deities like zeus like he also chose women he was a god who used to come down and have sex with human females and knock them up and create okay, sons god of gods have, god didn't have sex with mary 
Okay, it's a bit different. I than know that. he somehow penetrated Mary's reproductive no. system, and he put his son inside her, and then what? he sent an underling to inform her that her life was changed forever, and she ultimately had no voice in the matter. And it's almost like that beautiful Christian Christmas story is tainted with a tiny bit of messaging that females have no agency and don't need to be considered as humans who have a choice. So just like Alice in Wonderland who gets swept up into an adventure someone else is making. Mary has no opportunity for a hero's journey. She's just an incubator for a man's plans. So anyway, I just don't find it surprising that a lot of dudes raised on that story don't really get the whole idea of consent. They, it's like you, it's like your voice is just annoying to me. You know, after a while, you just, you, you, like, nobody wants to hear all this, this crud. And I'm, I'm sorry to call it that, but it is crud, and it is even I would I would say it's crap. Okay, I have a question about Australia. No, okay, fine. Um, so in Europe, the Christian Church it waged a deadly campaign called the Crusades. Yeah. Do you know about them? Yeah. Like, uh, did you have something like that in Australia that you called something like that you called it like bumper shoot or something? <sighs> Whatever day. Well, anyway, they were deadly religious wars, like. Um, Maybe in religion, maybe in um, Australia, your dad just locked you outside in the winter and sprayed you with the hose or something. But the Crusades were a series of religious wars uh, started and funded and led by the church during medieval times. You know, you know the medieval times because we borrowed a lot of that language for when the Bible was being translated to English. Yeah, okay. and we went on a staff retreat to medieval times last year. It was the most fun we had. Yeah, and that uh, all makes a lot of sense of why we call Yahweh things like Lord and King, like we're at some like dinner and tournament. But anyway, like the Crusades were a campaign to conquer the Holy Lands from Islamic rule, and the estimated death toll spanning uh, anywhere from one million to nine million, like Christians killing people so they could be in charge. And I just think that maybe today Christians do the same thing in the name of the Bible, like telling gay and trans people that they're an abomination. It's like, it's like really, it's really damaged like countless kids for generations with this type of teaching that doesn't even have biblical support because the word pedophile is in the original text of the Bible and they replace it with the word homosexual. And just like that, um, without Christians even being aware that their belief was based on an error, uh, we've wiped out countless LGBT humans for centuries. I'm actually looking into the middle distance as if there was some escape hatch that I could possibly pull to relieve me of this nightmare. Because, Day, you just... I didn't actually know how bad it was, and now I now I feel like Hallie, you know... Hallie, oh, you're going to be nicer to my mom now? I'm always nice to her. Do you know what LGBT stands for? Bacon, lettuce, and tomato? I don't know. The T, um, it's it's lesbian, gay, bisexual, but the T is for trans. And I think that this kind of applies to the way the Bible kind of works in a way because a lot of Christians say that trans people are wrong or not real or that they're making it up. And um, I I guess what Christians don't digest very well is the idea that like, like say for a trans girl, say that there's a trans girl. Um, um, she's like, I'm a trans girl. I'm not a boy. And and you're like, well, who says that's really self-referential. You can't just say I'm a trans girl. We need some kind of proof. And we think the proof says otherwise when, you know, Christians entire idea of reality, their whole belief system of the Bible is the definition of self-referential. They think the Bible is a sacred truth. It's God's word because it says it's God's word. Okay, cool. Well, I can't go to a doctor just because they say they're a doctor. You ever notice they have to have their friggin' degree on the wall so you can see it. You know what I mean? Like the Bible says it's the truth, so we say it's the truth. But a trans girl says she's a girl, and we're like, no, dog. Day. First off, give me a phone. Here. 
You're not getting this back until I talk to your mum. Okay. And second of all, I'm going to arm wrestle you right now. Okay, but I, I'm 92 pounds. Put it up. Okay. How much do you weigh? Three, two, oh, bam. Oh. See? I just did it. Yeah. Right like that. Easy. You won. I just want to be honest, Gray. Like, I just I just don't want to give a lot of brain space to a, a book and a belief system that tells me I am intrinsically, by the very nature of being born, that I'm bad and shameful and wrong and deserving of death unless I bow down and worship the being that is telling me that I'm bad and shameful and wrong and deserving of death. Like, I know um, my mom and I, I, I love my mom. And like, I want to make her feel better about herself because I kind of think that part of why she has so much self-loathing and low self-esteem and feels bad about herself is because of a lot of the things that we've been talking about today everything from like dualistic thinking to the way women are treated and perceived and like I don't know maybe I'll try to be more gracious to her but according to Romans twelve three, God gives everyone a measure of faith and he must have given you like a lot just like my mom and he just gave me zero no day he gave you a lot you just like what are you reading that gives you all these ideas honestly the bible well then i'm what would jesus do not read it. Dave Labonte was played by, you guessed it, Holly. She's got a really great podcast. You should check it out. I'm Holly Laurent playing Hallie Labonte, and Gray Haas was played by Greg Hess. Follow us and Mega the Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. And if you really want to get out of hell free card, support us on Patreon. The link is in the show notes. <laughs>